Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Work Rate Podcast. This is our AEW review. I am Mike Fenn. I'm joined, as always, by Brad Hardcastle. Brad, how you doing? I am excellent. How are you? I'm doing okay. I was uh, I was pretty anxious today, just because I have I'm not for any bad reason, but I'm meeting my accountant tomorrow, and money stuff always makes me anxious because I'm. Because of my anxiety, I always think I'm doing something wrong, yeah, even though every guess. every time I've met with an accountant, I'm out of there in like half an hour, mm-hmm. <laughs> and but it's easy as pop. Usually, how I'm like stressed about something, and then it takes ten minutes. I'm like, oh, that wasn't bad at all. Oh yeah, I'm just <laughs> always I'm just always afraid I'm fucking up. Mm-hmm. That's yep. just that's just the way my anxiety is. It's like, now nah, you're screwing this up. Yeah, you're <laughs> fucked. You're gonna get audited. That's how I mm-hmm. am at work. Anytime my boss needs to talk to me, I'm like, oh, crap, what do I do? But it's just like, hey, can you do this or something? <laughs> yeah, so uh, today was just a – I got in my own head a bit, but I have no reason to. I just uh, – part of my anxiety is waiting, waiting and anticipating something. That's what triggers my anxiety. Mm-hmm. So because of the wait, I'm just like, oh. Yeah. Anyways. That's why I just uh, – I don't like to plan things. I just like to go because if I sit there and think about it all talk myself out of it or get too worked up about it. That's one thing where sometimes, and it's happened with AEW sometimes, um, and with movies that I'm really looking forward to, sometimes by the time I sit down in the theater or to turn on a pay-per-view, I'm anxious to the Mm -hmm. point where it takes me maybe half an hour to really start to get into it. Yeah. That's like almost every new Star Wars movie of the new trilogy. Like, it took me like a long time to get into it and then the last one i was just like i never did <laughs> just oh, like i, I love was, was i anxious or did that suck <laughs> i know didn't, i, I know i'm in the suck, minority because but... i know a lot of people didn't like the last one but i liked it it was probably my favorite of all the new ones that's funny i mean i didn't i didn't like it the first time i saw it the second time i saw it i enjoyed it but i didn't necessarily think it was a good movie if that makes sense yeah 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 that's... Whereas the first two, I legitimately loved, mm-hmm. even though they were totally very different. Yeah, the Anyways, second let's one... not get into that. Discourse. Yeah, I was going to say, the second one, <laughs> I had that problem with, like, you're talking about being anxious, because I saw it kind of late, so I'd already seen all the pretty negative reviews, so I was like, oh, no, this is going to be pretty bad, but it was it was fine. Yeah, we already, we have one negative discourse to... Uh, to navigate our way through with wrestling, we don't have to yeah, yeah, do yeah. it with Star Wars as well. Yeah. Both of which I love. Yeah, me too. I, I just, I have the same feeling I do about wrestling when people get really negative. I'm like, it's just, it's space wizards and stuff. So you don't take it too seriously. And like when people get super upset about wrestling, I'm like, it's people fake fighting in their underwear. Like don't get too, too upset about it. Your priorities are twisted, man. Yeah. <laughs> But I love them both, and I, right. I, I'm obsessed with them. So I just don't don't yeah. want to don't want to get any more gray hairs about it. No, not at all. All right. So how what we recently did is we signed up for an IWTV subscription for the year for the two of us to to watch some indie wrestling. And what we think we're going to do, we'll see how this goes. We are gonna try. And each watch or one of us watch a uh, an indie show per week. Um, and there's so many out there. It's actually a really cool subscription if you 
want to find a lot of matches and future stars mm-hmm. heading to uh, heading to the big promotions. Um, I'm going to talk about one match. I think for show, not in too much depth, but just sort of just sort of highlight it and tell you that you should watch it and tell you that it's worthwhile. Um, this one was from Beyond Wrestling. Um, I'm a big fan of Beyond Wrestling. We have a lot of people in AEW that have previously been on Beyond Wrestling, been champions there, been mainstays. We had Orange Cassidy was there for a while. Bear Country was there for a while. Janela's appeared there. Um, I've watched Eddie Kingston there. They are... They're very, very good. Yeah, I'm they're a big based fan. out of the Pacific Northwest, right? Like Washington I think, area. I think they might bit. be Philly. Oh crap! Well, Maybe I don't know, but yeah, <laughs> like they're out. They're out that way. They mm-hmm. they could be. I don't really know. Um, I'm Philly's in my head, but I don't know that for sure. Um, sometimes they run shows that hardly have any fans. Sometimes they run the show that I watched had quite a few fans, which was kind of cool. They were all masked. It was nice to see, but they were really into it. It had like a mini PWG atmosphere, which was nice. The crowd was on fire, and mm-hmm. this this particular They're based match, out of this Massachusetts, was... so I was way off. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. It, the this show was called Project Reality, and their main event is was very significant because it was for the. IWTV, the Independent Wrestling Championship. Mm-hmm. That was the that was the championship that Warhorse had previously held. Now it's held by Lee Moriarty, who we both talked about last week. Yes, and he was facing Wheeler Yuta, somebody who has been at the top of indie wrestling for a while. He's been a name that people have been talking about. He's appeared on ring of honor. He's currently appearing on new Japan strong. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's out there and he's going to get signed at some point because he's appearing on way too many shows not to. Yeah. And, but he's somebody that never clicked for me. Um, he's recently gone heel and then challenged Lee Moriarty for the title. And they had, I swear to God, it's going to be on my match of the year list in my top 10. They went for over 45 minutes on an indie show, which is almost unheard of these days. And they put on an absolute clinic. Like, this is an indie wrestling classic match. And I'm talking about, like, when people talk about, like, oh, do you remember when Brian Danielson was on the indies? People are going to be saying, oh, do you remember when Lee Moriarty was on the indies mm-hmm, and sure. like when he faced Wheeler Yuta? This match was that good. It was a technical masterpiece. Yeah. You, and you've told me about this and you, then you told me it was 45 minutes. So I was like, well, I won't have time to watch I this until te- the weekends. <laughs> I was texting you when I was watching it, mm-hmm. thinking that it was almost over every time I texted you. And, yeah. then, and then I'd be watching it for another 20 minutes. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, this match keeps going. Yeah. It was so good, and the ending is phenomenal. Like, if you want, if you really, if you want to watch a five star match that's not with another, that's not with a major company, with two guys who will be with major companies. Um, oh, for sure. I do hope they won't be with WWE. Not to say that I don't that they wouldn't shine there. I think they would shine, but they're not the biggest guys. Yeah, they're slight. Not to say they're not tall, but they're. 
they're pretty slight guys. They're guys that would excel in Ring of Honor in New Japan in AEW. Mm -hmm. They're not. They're built like. They're not even built like Ricky Starks. Yeah, like they're 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 smaller. They're they're guys that could fill out over time, but oh my god, are they good? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah, and Lee Moriarty seems to be the re not to quote David Starr, but your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler. Yeah, oh, like gosh. you hear about all these guys who go back onto the indies. Mm -hmm. to do dream matches and they do them with like Lee Moriarty. And then they're like, this guy's got it. Yeah. I know Alex Shelley had a match with him. He's just like, holy shit, this guy's good. Yeah. Who did he at one of the, for the cultures, who did he have a match with? I can't remember now, but it was so good. He, was it too cold Scorpio? No, uh, maybe. No, that was, um, uh, I'll look it up, but that, yeah. Oh, that, um, Rich Swan. Yeah, I think Rich Rich Swan either faced Lee Moriarty or Too Cold. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, he's they're fantastic, and I highly, highly, highly recommend watching that match. Is ACH the match I'm thinking of? He's, yeah, that's phenomenal. Like, mm -hmm. there are so many matches on Lee Moriarty's match card. I'm just going to go through IWTV and just watch them all. Yeah, he's. I'm really excited. One of the best. He's so good. He's incredible. He it's funny, like he put out a tweet like a day or so after and and said and he just tweeted, I'm not a technical wrestler, and I wanted to tweet not just yeah. a technical wrestler. You are very much a technical wrestler, but you're not just But um yeah, it's, he um no he he's really good and he actually dropped the title. Mm-hmm. In this match. So he's no longer the champ, which led to people thinking that he had signed. And he... And Beyond Wrestling kind of stoked those fires. Because they put out a tweet that said... Um, they listed all the people who had held the championship and wrestled and defended the championship on their shows consistently. And it was Orange Cassidy, Chris Statlander, um, like... All the, and then where they are now, and it's mm -hmm. just a, like Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor, AW, AW, AW. And it was like, oh. And with his, it said that it gave a handshake mm -hmm. instead of saying uh, where where he was. And people were just like, oh, he's got a handshake deal. It's coming. And mm -hmm. then afterwards, he's like, oh, guys, I don't know where this is coming from. I haven't signed with anywhere yet. But if I, we do know that all the companies have eyes on them. He's confirmed that. So yeah. I think it's only a matter of time. And oh, he's a guy sure. that realistically, I think if you bring in, I mean, you don't know how he's going to be with hard cameras. So you sort of have to train him a little bit, but he's a guy who he's quite close to being TV ready, mm -hmm. at least skill wise. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure he'll pick up the TV, the TV camera, the hard camera thing pretty quickly. I mean, Probably, yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would say so. Like, he's a guy, if he came in, he would be on the level of a Darby or a Jungle Boy quite quick. Mm -hmm. He'd actually be, Jungle Boy would be a perfect example. Yeah. Because he's a guy who took a while to get used to um, talking. Mm -hmm. They didn't put a mic in his hand for a long time for a reason. 
Yeah. But he was still a fan favorite and he still got big matches. He still got to face Chris Jericho. He still got to do all these things. And I think, I think that is his level. Mm -hmm. Um, another big piece of news, um, was that Ricky Starks broke his damn neck. Yeah. Insane. This was when he landed on his head from that, uh, German where he was trying to flip onto his feet. He didn't quite make it landed on the top of his head and then, and his feet at the same time, but head first, but like a split second before the feet. And he finished that match, the tough son of a bitch. And he yeah. said he was fine, but he has fractured his neck. Yeah. He's, um, they said he's out for three months. So yeah. Three it's months. Not like super severe, but it's still scary. No, I mean, he, they're saying he doesn't need surgery, but it's sort of like three months and then evaluate mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like see where he is. He'll probably be okay, especially considering the fact that he finished the match. Mm-hmm. But you never know. There could be complications from this. Knock on wood. He he looks like it looks like he'll be back for the start of TV or start of TV. No, that's not what I meant. Touring. The start of travel, which yeah. would be nice. Um, yeah. In front of live fans, that would be a huge pop. Oh yeah, when he comes back, the crowd's gonna go nuts. Yeah, man, and uh, yes. So what that means is we were probably likely to see him in a double or nothing match. That's not happening now. Yeah. Um, which is unfortunate, but it is what it is. I'm happy he is going to, it looks like he's going to make a recovery, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into dynamite this week. This was an episode with some seriously high highs, like as high as they get. Mm -hmm. And a couple moments that fell flat and were just, just very, like, sort of mind-boggling yeah. <laughs> in terms yeah. of uh, the headspace of a particular person in particular, <laughs> like, why they thought that this was appropriate. Yeah. Um, anyways, you were able to watch the whole show now, correct? Yeah, yeah, I watched it all last night. Okay. After, but... I did watch it when it aired, but I stayed up and watched it. Which is rare for you. Yeah, you don't yeah. normally do that. Yeah, I was I was excited uh, when we talked about this first match, so I didn't want to miss that. So I had to make sure, and then I was like, oh, I might as well just stay up and keep watching. I had a hard time not spoiling the first match for you, man. Yeah. <laughs> I spoiled it a little bit. I sent you a text, and I said, John Moxley came out to some interesting music. Yeah. yeah. And I, I didn't I say what like, it was, because people were all anticipating that, oh, shit, he might come out to his Death Rider music. Mm-mm. Yeah, the man came out to "Wild Thing" by mm-hmm. the Trogs. It's like, yeah. oh my god, <laughs> that was awesome. That's Onita's music, mm-hmm. so it's interesting to see if that is going to be a one-off um, tribute to Onita. I don't know why it would be that. I heard some speculation that it could be that, or that this was just a special match, and they wanted to give him something a little different for this match. I could see that. Yeah. Or if he's just coming out to Wild Thing now, which I would fucking love. Yeah, that'd be awesome. It'd be really cool. And Onita announced that he's starting that FMWE, so maybe he's like trying to get in good with Onita. Like, hey, bring me out. <laughs> bring Onita in. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be cool too. He was on. He did that. Those vignettes whenever they were doing the explosion. There's a relationship there. Mm-hmm. There's a relationship there now. Yeah. But yeah, this I was so excited for this match because. I mean, we've been hyping it up on our show, but Yuji Nagata's 
don't let his age fool you. He's still one of the best workers in the whole business. He's great, and he proved it tonight. This match was everything I was hoping it would be. Didn't go too long. They beat the hell out of each other. Lots of stiff strikes, and then the respect at the end. That's that's what I want to see from a match like this. Yeah, like you said, it was perfect. I was pleasantly shocked that this one opened it up, mm-hmm. that this one opened the show. Um as we said before, there all four matches that were initially announced could have easily main events main evented this card. Mm-hmm. Um, the and I think they made the right decision because this wasn't like a this wasn't a show closer, but it was very much a crowd pleaser at the beginning that would get you hyped. Yeah, especially with that music coming out. Mm-hmm. They started it with that beautiful split screen shot of the two guys. In in the tunnel or in mm-hmm. the in the hallway, like it was a boxing or MMA match, yeah, seconded it by big fight feel. It was cool. Exactly. Yeah, with the they're warming up with their uh, with their partners, <laughs> seconding them to the ring, and that was Kingston and Ren Narita. And yeah, for people that don't AEW know Ren Narita, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> He's a he was a young lion in New Japan. His his uh, full like sort of debut off of being a, a young young lion has sort of been stalled mm-hmm. because of because of the pandemic so he was supposed to go away on excursion but because he couldn't they just sent him to the la dojo so yeah. he his excursion has been at the la dojo yeah and he's been killing it on new japan strong he's been great he's like oh well, he's the highlights he's awesome he's like shibata jr mm-hmm. yeah he's so good i love him um, yeah, so as we said, Moxie came out to that music, whether it's a one-time thing, we don't know, but yeah, these two just, they had the exact match, the exact match you would hope it would be extending strike exchanges, running Yakuza kicks, exploder suplexes, including a top rope one from the yeah. 53 old Nagata. That was awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Fucking John Moxley just front flipped himself right off that uh mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> turn was, uh selling bumping all over the place for Nagata who's awesome. Oh my god, you can tell when someone has a respect level mm-hmm. by how they're bumping mm-hmm. for the for the person they're facing. Oh and um we did mention uh New Japan's Rocky Romero was in the crowd and they showed Yes. Him. Rocky was in the crowd, which to me says that he's gonna he's gonna show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he's I going hope he, to uh, does something with uh, Trent from the best friends because they were a tag team in Japan for I, a long time. I'd say that's likely. Trent mm-hmm. gave uh, he posted a picture of Rocky's face in the crowd with eyeballs on Twitter. So <laughs> they were they were tag team partners, so yeah. they should they should do something together. Mm-hmm. Um, Nagata got his awesome eye rolling spot where he oh locked in the armbar. So so hype. What do they say. call that spot? That uh, uh, submission? It's, it's a Japanese name that I'm not even going to try to. Okay, pronounce. it is. It is a Japanese name. I was <laughs> yeah. looking for uh, an English version and I couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. I love the shirt that he has where he pulls that over his head yeah, and it has the face. face. Yeah, he didn't have that here, but yeah, that, cool. I was going to say that would be my only complaint. But I would just be joking about that because there's <laughs> nothing to complain about this match. But <laughs> in the end, Moxley ended it quickly, like you didn't expect it. It mm-hmm. came out of nowhere. He hit. Uh, Big paradigm shift that Excalibur put over by also calling it the Death Rider, yeah. which was cool. Yeah, he said, no, I like that Death Rider in nod. Japan. Oh, and they, uh, before the match started, 
they I liked that they made note that this was under New Japan rules. So twenty second mm-hmm. out and uh, or twenty second count for being outside the ring and a uh, a sixty minute time limit. Which yeah, that, you know it wasn't going to go sixty minutes, but <laughs> I like that they said it at least. That's a nice nod. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was John Moxley doing an interview um, recently this past week to to hype it up. I can't remember where it was, but he said that New Japan wanted this match on New Japan Strong, and Tony Khan said, "No, no, no, we're going to do this on Dynamite." Mm-hmm. So that's why we got it. So that's cool. Like there, there's a pushback, and I like the guts that Tony Khan has. Yeah, for for doing that type of stuff, he does not. He does not get pushed around at all. He's like, no, no, we gave you the previous match with Kenta, which mm-hmm. is arguably the bigger match. Yeah. The, now we get Nagata. But yeah. Yeah. And it's also a credit to how big of a star Moxley is because both mm-hmm. companies are like, we got to have this match on our show. But I mean, New For Japan, sure, they, they did a good job of, of hyping it up too throughout the week on their Twitter and stuff. So yeah. Yeah. It was fantastic. I, mm-hmm. uh, I loved this match. It was it was really cool. After the match, Moxley he called Narita into the ring to to give Nagata the water and the ice bag <laughs> and everything like in New Japan and <laughs> Kingston came in, he was checking on Moxley and then Kingston goes down, he does the bow to to Nagata and Nagata follows it up and then they meet with their heads in the center <laughs> of the ring. I was like, This is just so pure. <laughs> like it filled me with such joy. I was like, "This is awesome!" Yeah. Like at that point, really, it didn't really matter what happened the rest of the show. Somebody would have had to have died for me to yeah. dislike it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This is yeah an excellent opener, especially for people like us who love the Japanese style of wrestling. So it was great. Yeah, and all I saw online was that how incredible that match was, and <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. It was absolutely amazing. Yeah, and I also liked to. Uh, commentary they brought up Nagata's age only a couple times but it was more mm-hmm. for like he's experienced or like don't count him out because of his age because mm-hmm. like he's still better than most people nowadays that are 30 years younger than him oh yeah he's awesome he's his matches have arguably gotten better mm-hmm. as he's gotten older yeah. so it's awesome it's been awesome to see okay so next we had an inner circle promo and this was the three essentially the three remaining members of the inner circle we had ortiz sammy and hager and it starts with ortiz saying that that fucking prick mjf got santana locked up i'd, I'd like for, that that they said that that's funny that he stabbed for, him because he stabbed for him. stabbing him in the head with the fork <laughs> he's he's like that's a bitch move mjf that's a bitch move i like it too because that even adds more to mjf's character because he definitely looks like one of those guys like he'll talk shit oh. and then if you hit him his dad will sue you <laughs> oh he'll call the cops on you for sure one thousand percent it was really good it, it's a really smart little portrayal here then hager's yelling about how they the the pinnacle said that they would kill them at blood and guts. They did not kill them. Santana's detained, but he's still alive. Jericho's got a busted arm, but he's still alive. And then Sammy says that they're not going to stop coming and they demand a rematch and they're going to make their presence known at the coronation tonight. Mm-hmm. So that's just a little teaser for later on. And then, oof, here we go. This is oh, the man. moment that everybody it's... is talking about right now, unfortunately. Yeah, um, it's uh you said it was tone deaf when we were talking earlier and you're you're true by 
Yeah, let's let's get into it now. I'll show yeah, my so it's, <laughs> it's Cody's promo, and I'm not even going to look at my notes. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna talk here. So Cody comes out, and we know who Cody is. We know that Cody is passionate to a fault. We know that he's a very proud American to a fault. Mm-hmm. We know that he's very nationalistic. Something that I, as I've gotten older, have learned, I have grown a great disdain for people who are nationalistic and who have an overbearing amount of pride for where they're from. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense to me. I'm like the fucking flag smashers. One people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm yeah. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense, mm-hmm. especially these days. Like, and like you look at, and I'm not just going to like label the U S here, but you look at, cause Canada has their own problems. Um, especially with our uh, indigenous population. We've treated them like shit since we arrived on their, in their, in their own land. Sounds We're like, on stolen land. Sounds just it, like here. <laughs> no, exactly. It's the same fucking thing. So mm-hmm. I'm not here to cast stones at the States, but I'm going to cast a couple. Yeah, I just fine. think it's, like, you can throw them at me too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Cody, he's, he goes out there and he starts giving this essentially nationalistic, I stopped short of jingoistic, but like he's giving this national pride promo where he's talking about how Bruno San Martino came to this country as an immigrant. My, my family came to this country as immigrants. He's like, I'm a proud American who has a, a black wife who's going to have who's going to have a child who's both white and black and that's all great but he's he's rallying everybody towards the evil foreign mm-hmm. invader who's here to take jobs to take money um who's putting down the american dream he's like they don't call it the the United Kingdom dream. I thought that was kind of a funny line, to be <laughs> fair. That was kind of clever. Um, and this is all the fire we want from Cody normally. But think about the past four years that your fucking country has gone through. <laughs> yeah. And the anger that people have toward your goddamn country. Mm-hmm. And use your fucking head. You're the... Like, just, just completely based off of wrestling... You're the fucking face. Mm-hmm. You're coming off as a heel in this. And I know that Cody's fans support him no matter what. And he's going to get the crowd reaction that he wants. But he needs to also be careful of the reaction of the wrestling fans as a whole. Not just people, the people there in attendance. Mm-hmm. Because the internet is very loud. And perception is reality. Mm-hmm. And Twitter was absolutely roasting him, and justifiably so. I saw people that had put his face on the Patriots' face from, uh, or what is uh, U.S. Uh, agent, US agent mm-hmm. from from the Winter Soldier? They yeah. had his <laughs> face on on the bad guy's body from that show. It's like, like Cody, and the thing is, he knows what he's doing. 
because he goes out there. He's like, I know it's kind of taboo and a little iffy to talk about your American patriotism. It's like, yeah, Cody, it is. So yeah. don't <laughs> don't do it. It's like a it's a minefield. Mm-hmm. Do not do it. It's not worth it. I understand where he's coming from and where his pride is coming from, but it's just so tone deaf. Yeah, and like making a go go the evil foreign hill like in twenty twenty one. It's just it doesn't it's play. Not a, yeah, it's not it's not the eighties anymore. And I never even liked it when in the eighties it'd be like a British guy or a Canadian guy. It's like they're like our biggest allies. Like come on, <laughs> like it's not <laughs> like the one thing. <laughs> Like, at the very, very least, it wasn't, and I'm saying this in quotations because it's bullshit, like, an exotic nation or Mm -hmm. something. Like, it wasn't really the other. This is the UK. You're both fucking colonizers. Yeah, yeah, Who gives a fuck? That was my initial reaction. Why the fuck are we doing this? You're both fucking colonizers. Give me a fucking break. This isn't 1776 (laughs) anymore. We're not at war with England. And, uh, yeah, it's just, like, I started watching it and I was like... Oh, please don't go down this route. Please don't. Like, and then, like I, would, I'm not the one, fu- the person you want to listen to talk about this because I'm a 35 year old white guy. But he started talking about segregation mm-hmm. and stuff, and I was like, okay, I know segregation's bad and it, it it's terrible and never should have happened, and everyone will agree with that. But like, it's just like Cody, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if you should be bringing this up. <laughs> it shouldn't be used in promos. Yeah, don't use it. <laughs> Especially not you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fucking Silver Spoon Cody. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, like, I get what he was trying to say because his, you know, his wife's African-American and his daughter's going to be mixed. But it's like, I don't know. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's just too like, touchy of subjects to. Here, here's the thing. Like, I get that he was earnest. I get that. He, I get that he's legitimately coming from a good place from that aspect with his kid mm-hmm. and who he's raising into the world. Like. Yes, that's that's great, all that. But then he was using it to get to he's going to be wrestling as the American dream, Cody Rhodes. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely like that. Yeah, I like, like that. The, that's, the, the, that's the best really cool. of Cody is when he taps into his father's mm-hmm. legacy. That's fantastic. Like teary eyed Cody. Mm-hmm. That Cody was my wrestler of the year last year for that shit. Yeah. Like I bought right into that. But Part of the American dream is that, and my good friend Jarrett brought this up, and I 1,000% agree. He said that part of the American dream is the struggle that Dusty Rhodes had to go through, being the son of a plumber, mm-hmm. coming up poor, having to struggle, like, the you don't know hard times. Yes, yeah, hard times hard, promo. Cody can't do the fucking hard times promo. Yeah. <laughs> Cody can't be the the Amer- the like the person making good from nothing cody has all the money in the world so it doesn't ring true it's not the same cody yeah, you're not his, your father in his $5000 suits and he's talking <laughs> like <laughs> riding around in a bus here's the thing. if cody was out there going then being a heel this is a fantastic heel promo yeah. but he's not he's trying to be a face and like i said this is going to work in the confines of the arena but outside the general perception, you have to worry about the general perception. Mm-hmm. And the general perception outside of that arena was not good. Yeah. And it was 
yeah, this this wasn't Cody's shining moment. And it just kind of goes to what people usually say about him. Like, he's kind of tone deaf and stuff, and he just kind of does what he's... I mean, he's just kind of going to do what he's going to do. Like, that's what I got to figure out about Cody. But I also will say... it's annoying. Yeah. He, you know, he's so anti-WWE, but this is, this was such a WWE thing to do, what he did. <laughs> the thing is that he knows. Yeah. He knows. That's what's frustrating. I hope, I hope next week they just have, like, a go-go say, like, what? I don't hate America or something. Like, just... <laughs> I mean, he has made a couple comments. Yeah, I, the I remember two he made promos that a go-go has made. He, he has gone after the United States. So for people to say that... Cody came out of nowhere. No, it, the two times that a go-go has cut promos and they have been good promos. And one of them was on dynamite. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that, but I never took it as like a evil foreigner. I just took it as him just being an asshole. Yeah. Like that's I... <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And you can, another thing that concerns me about this is he did all this. He's going by the American dream. Is he going to beat a go-go? Like, I hope not. If he does, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> if he does, it's bad. Unless he's um, doing all this to, like, make, get nuclear heat on a go-go. Like, I beat the American dream or something like that. Like, that's good. That could be what they're doing. But I hope so. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Like, if he, if he loses while using his father's name in front of all those fans that are going to be rabid for him, because they're rabid for him no matter what, mm-hmm. then fine. Yeah, it's just... It's a not a good choice. Yeah, it was not just, a good choice. I like I was watching it and I honestly couldn't. I was like, "Is this really happening right now?" Like, I couldn't really believe it. Like they're trying to become a global company and expand out into other markets. Mm-hmm. You need to understand how the rest of the world views you. Yeah. Yes. And the rest yes. of the world does not view the United States with the same rose color glasses that they used to mm-hmm. yes it is definitely not the same they don't see us as superman anymore and no even as an american <laughs> most of us don't even see us as superman anymore so it's yeah. kind of just it's even tone deaf here in the states it's like oh okay <laughs> yeah it was uh as he was going i was in my mind i was just no mm-hmm. no 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 what are you doing but like as he was doing it, it was like this is really well executed yeah, like, this is Cody. This is Cody at a really well executed but ill advised promo. Mm-hmm. I could just see people in the back going, "No," waving their arms, "No," like in uh, Cody. You didn't tell us what you were going to say. Yeah, have you ever seen that movie, uh, Black Sheep, with Chris Farley, where his brother's yes. running for governor, and he goes and gets high with those Rastafarian guys, and he's like saying all that stuff, and then he's like, "Kill Whitey," and all the Rastafarian guys are like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> That's what I imagined happened when Cody was doing this promo. <laughs> oh fuck! So on to on to another segment that was very good with another mind-boggling ending, but the match was fucking awesome. Oh, this match was that, great. Man. That was SCU versus the Young Bucks. Um, why don't you lead us into this one? Uh, so going into it, you know they had the storyline of SCU. Uh, they lost. They'd they'd have to break up. So they they had a really good uh, promo package beforehand of SCU talking about the Bucks and how they all used to ride together back in the day. And they showed pictures of them hanging out at uh, Cracker Barrel and stuff, really tugging on your heartstrings. And then uh, SCU comes out and the Bucks come out in more ridiculous gear, 
with uh, I'm guessing more expensive Nikes. I don't know. I don't know anything about shoes. Funny so thing, I have those shoes. Oh yeah. I own those shoes. Actually, I think I I was listening to a podcast today and they were talking about like compared to the some of the other shoes they've worn, those weren't their most expensive. Oh ones. no, these these are. I bought the I bought them overpriced because mm-hmm. I wanted them and it was hard to find and it was the pandemic and I couldn't just go buy a fucking shoe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I paid like 175 Canadian mm-hmm. for them. And then yeah. plus plus shipping, so I but think they're the uh, band ones, right? Like Michael Jordan couldn't yep. wear them. Yeah, Michael Jordan band. Yeah, the those literal shoes are in my closet right mm-hmm. now. Um, yeah. So the the thing is, one of the guys, I th- um, Don Cla- Don Callis said they were fifteen thousand dollars shoes. <laughs> No, yeah. they're one hundred seventy-five dollars shoes. Yeah, he kept going up in price. Like once he said a thousand, and then eight thousand, and then fifteen thousand. <laughs> he just kept like naming different prices. But they like, came out with the the Good Brothers and the, uh, uh, Doc Gallows looked ridiculous. He had the tightest pants on. I was like, a man that big should not be wearing pants that tight. <laughs> Have you ever seen that meme of the French bulldog who is standing on his mm-hmm. hind legs? He looked like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, this this match had a lot of um, like a lot of is like a, a lot of good storytelling and a lot of heart and I mean of course it's SCU versus the Bucks so it had a lot of good action in it too. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it, it was awesome. I thought this match was just great. Started off as you expect, really nice heated back and forth between the between the two teams. Mm-hmm. SCU really came out hot and they were giving the Bucks a run for their money. Um, but as Don Callis pointed out on commentary, how long can these older guys keep up with the young Bucks? Mm-hmm. And the moment where the match finally swung to the Bucks' favor was when Christopher Daniels had his had his head up against the post on the outside of the ring, and Nick Jackson super kicks his head into the post. And my God! Oh my God! He gives his so head. <laughs> yeah. He had an absolute gusher, and for a guy that age, or any guy, but I don't know what it is with these old guys kicking gushers. This was like the Dustin Rhodes level. Mm-hmm. It was it's like, probably because they already got scar tissue there, and it just it gets so easy. Yeah, he kicked him. They panned away to Nick Jackson. They panned back, and he was just like mm-hmm. a geyser was like yeah. coming out of his head, and, and Nick like was just splattering on the ground. Nick was just laughing, which is. Uh, it's it's good. good Nick stepped up his heelness because it's mainly been Matt that's been like overly heelish lately. So I'm glad Nick uh, is doing a lot more heelish stuff too. Yeah, Nick's like, holy shit! Yeah, is he, he starts okay? laughing <laughs> and he's laughing. He's like, look at him! Yeah, he's yeah, like, oh he, my god, he's all red. I can't believe he bled so much because like by the end of the match, Matt Jackson was covered in Chris. <laughs> Matt Jackson looked like he was bleeding too, but it was just Christopher Daniels. He looked like he got a little more spray tan on. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, so as a result, Kazarian's he's in there alone. He's yeah, going he's one a, on he two. He did most of the work this whole match. And he looks really good. He got mm-hmm. a fantastic reversal of the bang for your buck with a Northern Lights reversal. They got a near fall. <laughs> yeah. He then hit a Styles Clash where while he's doing the Styles Clash, he looks over at Carl Anderson, mm-hmm. sort of like points to him and then hits it, which is a nice call back to the all kinds of history with yeah. AJ Styles. Uh, both in New Japan and TNA, which mm-hmm. was nice. So both teams had a history there. Yeah. Um, Kazarian took a tombstone, necessitating necessitating Daniels to tag himself back into the ring. That didn't go so well for Daniels. He was yeah. already weakened due to the blood loss. And at one point in his weakened state, 
he bleeds all over the band Jordan ones of Matt Jackson. <laughs> yeah, Matt gets so pissed. <laughs> and they zoom back up to Matt, and he's just like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he he goes to the corner, and he hits. Um, he does the HBK Ric Flair. I love you spot and then yeah, i love you i'm sorry off. and super kicks him yeah kicks off his head i thought it was, i thought that was just fucking brilliant yeah and i thought that was gonna daniel's, be the end of it <laughs> yeah daniel's fights back he goes to hit the best moonsault ever slips off the rope at first and then does get it and i love that and yeah it could it could have been um a botch but i don't think it was i don't think it was because he played it off too quick to get back up there but the whole it's... The whole storyline that they've been telling with Christopher Daniels since day one has been that he's too old mm-hmm. and that he can't do it anymore. They did that. Well, the original Arabian moonsault that he fucked up was was a botch, but then they turned it into a storyline. Mm-hmm. The storyline that he's doing with Kazarian where he's been holding Kazarian back, and that's why Kazarian said, if we lose, then we're done. This is the whole storyline is that he can't cut it anymore. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was good. That was a nice little detail, and it didn't cost them the match. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Jackson then used the cold spray to blind Daniels. Callus oh, said that laugh. Matt was using it to stop to stop the bleeding. Yeah, he's, like, he's just trying to help him out. <laughs> <laughs> Which was amazing. And then the Jacksons then hits the corpse of Daniels with a BTE trigger. Um, SEU is no more. Kazarian looks dejected. Daniels mm-hmm. is lying dead in the ring. Covered but before boy. we can see their emotional moment, JR says, Hey, we've got something going on in the locker room. We gotta cut back to the locker room. And we cut back to what must be a heinous assault going on. But instead, what we see is Moxley and Kingston just throwing around the dressing room of the elite. I guess because they're mad at what they did to SCU, even mm-hmm. though they haven't really had any interactions with them. Yeah. At all, so they're throwing it around, and I was, I was thinking, like, that was really weird. Why didn't they stay on SCU? They're yeah, and you could hear the crowd chanting SCU while this was going on, like something was going on in the ring, and the crowd was giving them like adoration and stuff, but we couldn't see it. I don't know why they it, did this. <laughs> it was mind-boggling. I was like, no, 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 you gotta stay with those guys. Mm-hmm. That's the whole fucking point of this match. No one cares about the locker room right now. You can go to the locker room afterwards. Mm-hmm. They go to commercial break. They come back and they're like, eh, between, uh, like, during the commercial break, uh, SEU had their heartbreaking breakup. Yeah. And they show, like, just like a f- small 10-second clip. And like, oh, that should have been what you led, what you went into the break with. Yeah, and then you come back and say, during the commercial break, while SEU was doing this, then you cut to Kingston and Box. not even, like, this is what you missed during the commercial break just like oh and now in the back they're tearing mm-hmm. apart like you didn't have to do this yeah i'm mm-hmm. hoping they're doing some sort of story thing like kazarian gets pissed like even in our breakup we still get disrespected and stuff you cut to other people or something that's possible yeah it was it's very odd mm-hmm. like they didn't they didn't give them any time I are they gonna was... have like a thing next week maybe like a SCU yeah. memoriam or something very strange. I thought it was. I thought it was a little disrespectful. Me too. Uh, with, Especially uh, for how much they've been hyping this up. Yeah, and what they, what those two guys have meant to the young bucks mm-hmm. in their career, 
what they meant to AEW as they were the first people to sign mm-hmm. outside of the elite. Yeah. Um, yeah, they they were the first ever champions. Mm-hmm. Very strange. Very strange. Yeah, and it's decision too making that there. Scorpio Sky's on his own now because he didn't get to do anything because they've been a, all three a team for a long time. And that was a strange missed opportunity mm-hmm. to like uh, Scorpio Sky's in a tag team now. Why didn't yeah. they feud? Yeah, bizarre. It's very yeah, strange. They could have done that for the breakup angle too. Yeah, it didn't he's have to gonna, be the Bucks. Could have yeah, been. He's going to be the one to end. SCU since he was in it should have been I mean I like that they used the Bucks it was good but they didn't execute it the match was fantastic match is great it's just don't cut away when he it could have been pretty emotional and it was bizarre it was (laughs) it was an it was an unforced error on their part (laughs) not that it I still thought the match was fantastic though oh yeah the match was great I don't know how Daniels bled that much and could still move around because that was a lot (laughs) Like I even think at one point they when they showed one of the Bucks shoes, like they squished their foot and you could see the blood falling off of it. Like Oh yeah. It's it was so amazing. Much blood. <laughs> so it was so cool. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, so all right, moving on to the next segment. We have a Christian Cage interview and Christian is verbally taking down Taz, saying that his technique by Taz segment was cute, but he knows that the clever words are all Taz has these days. He knows that he can't back them up. Did he say something about that, him going to a buffet at some point during the yeah. show or something? <laughs> he said the only thing your body can do is go to a buffet. Yeah. Um, he says that he has an open contract for a match next week, and Taz is welcome to send any of his stooges from his uh, from his stable out to face him. He's well and well. He's uh, happy to take on all comers. And then he mentions that he's entered himself in the casino battle royale at Double or Nothing. And to me right there, it's just like, wait, why is he going into that? I thought he had a feud plan. And then I remembered that that feud was with Ricky Starks. <laughs> and yeah. I was immediately sad. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> yeah. So, Plus, this, if he wins it, that means he could go to Kinney without having to work his way up the, the sure. rankings. It could have been that next week he was supposed to have a match with Ricky Starks and he was going to beat him. And then he's going to enter the Battle Royale anyways. <laughs> but I was like, oh, man. And then Seidel walks in the frame and he tells Christian that he's also going to be in the Battle Royale. And he tells him, it's not so easy to win a Battle Royale. And Christian tells him, I know, I saw. And that was funny. (laughs) I can't believe it's already been a year since Seidel joined the company. I know, this year's gone by really quick. (laughs) That's crazy. Um, He says that uh, Team Taz will not be showing up for that match next week because he's already signed the open contract, which I thought was cool Mm -hmm. um, because it gives a reason for the match to happen. I I like that. Yeah, and it's like a a good little story to hype up the Battle Royale without having it be Christian beats another Team Taz member so they can save Mm -hmm. those for later. Mm Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's kind of a little nondescript match, which sort of makes me think maybe that Ricky Stark's match was supposed to be for next week. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, yeah, like they could they could do the same thing, but instead of Matt Seidel running in, it's uh, Starks saying that he signed to. Yeah, because otherwise they're like, okay, sure. This <laughs> well, would be good, though. I'm sure they've had a match when they were both in WWE. All those years ago, but. so somebody looked that up, and they've been in multi-man matches, mm. but never in uh, 
never singles. never a singles match. Okay, well that'd be good together. Yeah, so it's fun, and they'll have known each other. Um, okay, so next we have Orange Cassidy versus Pac. Um, yeah, this was an unfortunate one. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was good. It was good. I liked it, but before you um, told me what had happened last night, I thought that was just like I didn't. Re- I didn't really notice until you had said something. I was like, oh, that makes sense. But I thought that was going to be their original plan. But what you said happened and what they had planned made a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. So I will, I'll start by saying, um, so this match, Orange Cassidy gets hurt partway through. And it's unfortunate that we didn't get to see the match play out as it was intended. Um, because it was going incredibly well at the time. It was really, really good. Um, yeah, OC got his ass knocked out. And they called the match to protect him because he was apparently trying to still go. Mm-hmm. And they had to protect their wrestler. And um, so they had to call an audible on the fly. So let, I'll get into this match. We'll talk about it. Because there, there was some... There were some cool spots leading into it, so uh, I'll talk about this. So, yeah, so the match opened up, and the, these guys are just polar opposites. They're trading mind games back and forth. OC puts the glasses on Pack. Pack crumples them up. Orange Cassidy puts his hands in his pockets. Pack immediately goes for goes to attack him with a lariat right away. Orange Cassidy ducks underneath it, picks him up, beach break. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Right that's on the sunglasses, too. Did you notice Pac's head landed right on the broken sunglasses? I was like, oh, man. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> no, I did not. Yeah, I was like, good it, thing there was any, like, really pokey cool. parts got it. stick it up, because that could have hurt bad. Absolutely. It would be funny if he got broken open the hard <laughs> way there. Um, yeah, so he gets a near fall right away, which is a great contrast from their last match. Um the two battled outside the ring during commercial break. Um, back inside the ring, Pack is just abusing Cassidy, electing to hit him with several top rope shotgun drop kicks, just shooting him all across the ring mm-hmm. with each one of them. The last one, he hit him right in the middle of the shoulder blades with it. I was yeah. like, oh, that's just brutal. And then Pack went to hit the black arrow. Orange Cassidy does his roll across mm-hmm. the ring. Pac gets pissed off because he remembers last time he runs over and just stomps on him before he can roll out of the ring. And then he goes up to the to the other turnbuckle and he goes to hit it again. This time, Orange Cassie rolls toward the turnbuckle yeah, under, like under the underneath, ropes. so he's yeah. protected. <laughs> and then he looks up at Pac and he gives him the thumbs up, <laughs> which, was, which was really funny. Um Orange Cassidy then uses Pac's frustration to get a roll-up near fall. Then Pac hits... And this is where things go off the rails. And just in an unfortunate way, it, I don't think it was anyone's fault, really. No, it's Pac just hits one of those this, accidents that happened. Yeah, Pac hits this huge thrust kick that just knocks the head right off Orange Cassidy. And I have no idea if this is where it happened, because he then immediately picks him up for a high-stack Liger bomb. And Orange Cassie does not kick out. Mm-hmm. Pack just lets go at two, mm-hmm. knowing that this is supposed to be a kick out. Yeah. <laughs> and then Orange Cassidy 
he gets checked on by by Aubrey Edwards. Then he rolls out of the ring. She gives him like the full ten count. He comes in right at nine. This is during commercial break. They cut to commercial. I was say they cut to commercial when you could tell he's not all right. Well, yeah, because they were supposed to have another commercial break that they mm-hmm. never went to. Yeah, that they said, "Oh, we're gonna go back to commercial break," and they never did. Yeah, because so it said they something like, of, "If we go to commercial break, you're not gonna miss anything because it's gonna be pitcher and pitcher." And then they stayed. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So he he rolls back in the ring, and Pack just he goes he immediately goes for a pin. Orange Cassidy kicks out, and then he gets him in a rest hold. And then he gets out of the rest hold. He hits him with an elbow, puts him in a corner, and then Aubrey gets in between them, and she's just like, "No, this mm-hmm. is done." Calls over the calls over the medical staff. They're looking at Orange Cassidy. She's like, and Pack looks pissed, and he's kind of pacing. I, I think she walks him over to the corner, and I think she's she's talking to the yeah the producers in the back, and, yeah. and they're saying, "Okay, we have to call an audible here." Cassidy's out because they know the match that they're supposed to have and they can see that that's not what's happening anymore. <laughs> yeah. So that then Don Callis comes down the ramp. He's got a mic. He distracts pack saying like, what are you doing? We don't pay you by the hour. You got to start. The, and then Kenny Omega runs in from behind, cracks him in the back of the head with the belt. <laughs> JR says, how can you sneak up behind somebody with that suit on? <laughs> Which is funny. Um, yeah, just a bright blue suit. He looked awesome. So, no, Pac's knocked out. They're both knocked out in the ring. They Aubrey counts to ten. The match ends by TKO. It's a draw. And Kenny hops on the mic. He says, oh, this is too bad that it's a draw. We're going to have to... I'm just going to ha- fire up the Kawasaki and we're going to go for a road trip. <laughs> we're not going to double or nothing. This is really fun. And then... Tony comes down. And he's like, "Hey, uh, um, Kenny, I'm sorry to tell you, but I just got word from Tony Khan, and he says that uh, the there is going to be a match, and it's going to be a triple threat between you three guys." And Kenny's freaking out. He's just like, "Oh, I can't get this news. I can't hear this news without my aviators." He puts yeah, on his give aviators. Me my sunglasses. And- give me my sunglasses. <laughs> And he's hamming it up almost too much at this point. <laughs> but um, Yeah, so that's the match we're getting. And this was, apparently this was, the match was supposed to go to a, it was supposed to be a time limit draw. So that mm-hmm. was supposed to happen. That's why they already had the match graphic for Double or yeah. Nothing for this match. But it was, they, it was supposed to go about eight more minutes mm-hmm. without a, Kenny yeah, was, running it, in there and it was starting to get into high gear too whenever it happened. Mm-hmm. So that's unfortunate, and because I saw a lot of people online, they're just like, "What a shit finish! Why would AEW ever do this?" Blah 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 blah. Because well, it was plan on it. <laughs> it was they were in emergency mode. Their dude mm-hmm. was knocked out and trying to finish the match. Yeah, I'm so. glad they came up with something that quick to do because yeah they they thought on the fly and i give them a lot of credit Mm -hmm. for that um i obviously i can't grade this match yeah um there's no way you can grade this match at this point um but what do you think of the triple threat for double or nothing i think it's really cool uh i think it's it's like it's a good way to to get uh i don't know what i'm trying to say 
it's a cool way to get both these guys in a main event match because they both deserve it for Orange Cassidy for all he's done all year and, and it's and Pac Pac deserves to be in every main event so it'll be really cool and uh, I like the idea because it's not something AEW does too much so I think the only ones they've ever done were right at the beginning and they were it's like it was like Jungle Boy and Darby and all those other newer guys they would do them in yeah and I don't even think that was on Dynamite I think that was. Um, they did one on a pay-per-view. Yeah, they did. I think that was Double or Nothing before, mm-hmm. before uh, Dynamite even, even happened. So yeah. I think this will be the first um, like official Dynamite era mm-hmm. um, it, triple threat. So that's cool. It's going to be I'm a lot of fun. I'm glad that they hold off on things like that. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I I love the idea of Orange Cassidy in a triple threat match with Kenny and like that's gonna be so funny the stuff the stuff he's gonna come up with to do to like break up pinfalls and stuff is gonna be really funny they're gonna look over and he's just gonna be like dangling like a sloth from the rope Mm -hmm. it's like no you you two carry on yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) i imagine he won't get into the match for like five minutes he'll just let them beat each other up (laughs) eventually he's just gonna sneak in and try and get a a pinfall Mm -hmm. off of somebody yeah yeah it's gonna be good it's gonna be a lot of fun like i like i really it doesn't always work out, but I'm always really excited to see how AEW is going to do something that we've seen for so long in places like WWE, mm-hmm. where like sometimes it, sometimes they're really cool, like um, their Iron Man matches, or yeah, the, the that's the uh, yes the the Iron Man match between Kenny and Pac was incredible. Mm-hmm. Their cage match was incredible. Mm-hmm. Their um, War Games Blood and Guts match was incredible. Their ladder matches suck. Yeah, the Battle they... Royales suck. So it's interesting. I'm always interested to see how they'll take something we've seen a lot and put their spin on it. Because mm-hmm. they're not always successful, and other times they knock it out of the park. Yeah, and that's that's uh, that's one of the pitfalls of a new company. You got to learn how because like ladder matches and Battle Royals, I imagine that's hell to try to put together. So that's just something you got to learn how to do with lots of repetition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so next we have this is a follow up to the the s the the weird locker room stuff that happened mm-hmm. at post Bucks match. So here we have the super elite. They're in their locker room. Their stuff is now all piled in a neat pile in the middle of the room, which was so strange. <laughs> yeah, it's I like saw... they destroyed everything and they put all the stuff. In that I pile. thought it was. Uh, I think it was Michael pamphlet of uh what culture said oh it's so nice of uh kingston and mox to then sweep everything into the middle of the room for them after they destroyed it <laughs> it was it was very strange but <laughs> they're ranting about they're ranting and raving about the destruction and then carl anderson gives one of my favorite lines of the evening and he says this is where we sit in a circle and pray yeah. <laughs> and i almost shit my pants yeah that was hilarious I was laughing really hard. Um, then, yeah, they say that the then Matt Jackson starts talking. He says that they they just broke up one of the best tag teams in the business in SCU, putting them out to pasture. They talk about how they're going to be fighting champions going forward, and they're going to start next week where they're going to face because they beat SCU. They're no longer the number one contenders, not even a team anymore. Mm-hmm. Number one contenders are now Varsity Blondes, so they're going to face them next week. And then <laughs> they say that 
They said, "Oh, Pillman, one day you can be like your daddy. You can touch a you can touch a tag team title, but in order to do that, you got to beat the best team in the world. That's the champs. That's us." And then they lay out the challenge to Moxley and Kingston at double or nothing. And it should be noted that they did not mention the titles would be on the line. So that might be a little wrinkle to the storyline going forward, probably next week. Yeah. Um, I do. And if you uh, don't make it for the titles, it adds a little more intrigue, like who's going to win. Oh, for sure. And um, even if it is for the titles, I don't mind. I never mind the champion challenging whoever they want. Yeah. I think they kind of get to call their shots. Mm -hmm. It's the challengers that don't get to call their shots. Yeah. That's, Unless that's they're true. the number one contender. So mm -hmm. I'm cool with it. Like if they say, no, I want to face him. Okay, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. uh, champions um, prerogative. So uh, what were your thoughts of that? <laughs> uh, it was. I mean, it was just a segment. I was like, I don't – like they could have just done – without even having to cut away from the SEU thing, they could have just – cut to the elite in their locker room, be like, what the hell happened in here? And then mm -hmm, mm -hmm. do the same thing. You know, it was Kingston and Moxley, but yeah. I like, I think the bucks versus the varsity blondes next week is going to be really fun. Uh, the bucks are a hundred percent winning, but that's fine. Or maybe, maybe they lose the tag team titles of varsity blondes. That's why they said they didn't what never said it'd be for the tag titles when they challenged Kingston and Mox. <laughs> How funny would that be? That'd be pretty funny. Like Kingston and Mox cost them the tag titles. I could see that happening. They just, they, they capitalize on the dark side of the ring hype mm -hmm. and put the, put the belt on Pillman. Yeah. Speaking of dark side of the ring, the, uh, Nick Gage, uh, Nick That's Gage tonight. One is tonight that when we're recording this, so I'm gonna have to yeah. watch that when we're done recording, but me um, too. Uh, I love that shit. Yeah, me too. Uh, but I can see that now that I'm thinking. I'm going to hype myself up on this, and it's not going to happen. But the Kingston and Mox costing the farce, or the Bucks their tag titles, and then at double or nothing, they have like just like no DQ tag match or something, just some wild brawl of a tag match. Well, the thing that is interesting is that if you we're going to get into it later, but if you look at next week's matches, they're fairly nondescript. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are a couple championship matches on there, but it's funny that you we can look and there's two championship matches and consider it nondescript. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there are a couple matches on. There are. I look at it and I'm just like, oh, there's a lot of room for creativity here because oftentimes we get some of the most creative stuff when the matches don't look that exciting yeah. on paper. So that, that'll that be interesting. So there is room for Moxley and Kingston shenanigans in that match, if they so choose. Mm -hmm. Okay, next we have Hangman in the keep with his boys. I like this. Um, Marvez asks, this was a really good promo from mm -hmm. Hangman. Marvez asks Hangman about his recent loss and his drop from one to five in the rankings. And then, oh, here's... One of the other best lines of this. Then five. Yeah. They're, they're all, they're all like, um, they're like all trying to make hangman. They're the like, back oh, and it's stuff. okay, man. You'll be fine. <laughs> then five in the back, in the back says, it's okay, Adam. Being five ain't bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just lost it. Yeah, that was hilarious. You sounded like that guy from Family Guy. Like, it's okay, Mr. Muscle Arms. <laughs> 
Um, and Hangman says, "You know, it's fine. It was ban. It was bound to happen eventually, and it took an attack from behind from three and a half men, which was very funny." He says that Bryant didn't beat him as much as Taz did from behind the scenes, and if Bryant is anything like him, he wouldn't be so satisfied with that win. He he does. He doesn't think that Brian can beat him without his mm-hmm. goons. So he's, you know what? I'm going to challenge Brian to come out in the middle of that ring, leave his goons in the back, and we're going to go one-on-one. And Hangman can accept another loss, but for Cage, it's double or nothing. And then sweet little John Silver exclaims, <laughs> That's the name of the pay-per-view! Yeah. Did you do that on purpose, Adam? <laughs> and Adam Page is like, yeah, I t- what the fuck? <laughs> of course I did. <laughs> because he's he's very smart, and mm-hmm. these guys are all really, really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and I love it. He's like the leader of the Lost Boys, essentially, yeah. which I love. Yeah, it's hilarious. It, it was so funny, and that's a cool... You see, right here, this is the start of Hangman's upswing. Mm-hmm. That yeah. that's the first time we've seen confident hangman. Yeah. This this will be the start of his Because uh, when's the next pay per view after double or nothing? I know they usually in the summer they'll do like Fighter Fest and um I think it's four months. Yeah. So they have plenty of time to do a long term build back up with Hangman. Yeah, it's normally September. Mm-hmm. So well no, that seems pretty far. I don't know. August maybe? Yeah. No, September, because uh, just going by what yeah, it's my all out. next COVID vaccine, when my It'll COVID vaccine out. would be. Would be the next Yeah, so, one. like, yeah, this is the most confident and self-assured I've seen Hangman. So mm-hmm. this is really good. And he was able to talk about losing, dropping one to five. It was cool. I like mm-hmm. to see it. And I think uh, he's going to turn into their father figure, which will be nice. Yeah. Or at least that's what I'm hoping. Okay, so next we had another segment that people just aren't really aren't um, into. This was the weakest spot of the night for me. I did, I liked yeah. some of it, but most of it I just I didn't like. <laughs> yeah. So this was I call it the pinnacle and the repeated the repeated hose spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh, the pinnacle yeah. comes out. This is their coronation. They come out to the ring in crisp press dress clothes. MJF's wearing a crown. I did like MJF in the crown, and I think he should wear that from now on. He looked cool with it. Looked like a ding dong. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. Like he just he should do it. He looked like King of the Ring. Mm-hmm. Um, MJF said that this was. I like this the start of this. MJF says that he is the demo god, and he mm-hmm. shall henceforth be known as the greatest of all time. So he's essentially taking Chris Jericho's spot. He said, you don't you don't just bow to MJF, you bow down to the pinnacle. He brings up the fact that they are now that they were the number one on cable last week for the first time, as well as having a huge spike in Canada due to Canada's own Sean Spears, which was very funny. I yeah. like that. And Sean Spears looks so happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's jumping around. I was like, that's kind of cute. I was like, I, I like that for him. Um, he talks about how, about Santana being detained for his heinous stabbing and how Chris Jericho is not there that night because he took a tumble. 
essentially Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. Yeah, he said he um, slipped and fell off the cage. <laughs> um, he asks the crowd if they would like to see a rematch, and the crowd uh, and the crowd is vehemently saying yes, and he says, "Yeah, we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not. We're, we're not going to have a rematch." Then Tolly hopped on the mic. And he started to cut what I thought at first was a pretty good promo. He seemed to be really, really getting all fired up, like oh. he was back in the days of Jim Crockett promotions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like he's like that blood and guts really got his blood boiling. He's going on about the pinnacle taking the inner circle's spot, taking everything they had. They had the inner circle waving their hands, crying out, saying they quit to protect Chris Jericho. And then from this point, I thought he just started to ramble. He yeah, like I couldn't lose. even focus on what he was saying. I was like, what is this guy talking about? He just keeps yeah. going. Yeah, he just started to lose focus. I wonder if they told him to, like right before they came out because of the Pac uh, OC match. They're like, you got to fill more time. That's possible. <laughs> That's very possible. Yeah, he's talking about... He's talking about what the pinnacle means. You're on top and you deserve the finest things and women and blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, yeah, I know what being up high means. Like, that, Whatever uh, he said something about the women, uh, MJF did like the so-so hand gestures. Like, oh. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> That's <"Damn."> funny. <laughs> That's good. I missed that. Yeah. My wife's the one who picked that one up. She's like, he did the hand thing. <laughs> <laughs> he then reveals that he... He bought all the boys' watches, and it was... He like called them, like, uh, jeweled-encrusted wrist jewelry or something. He's like, and for you layman's out there, that means a wristwatch. I was like, I've never heard anyone describe a wristwatch like that before in my life. Uh, yeah, it was getting really long-winded and unfocused. It, it was sort of... He was just yelling whatever innocuous thing came to his mind. Yeah, that's why I'm this thinking maybe said. they told him, like, hey, add, like, two minutes extra to your promo. And he's like, oh, shit, I don't have anything planned. <laughs> it was like we were just listening to his conversation with the boys, and he was <laughs> yelling it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was very strange. And then they're interrupted by honking, as if it's three weeks ago, and they're in a trailer. <laughs> and we look off to the side, and the three remaining members of the inner circle have arrived in a weird little car with a champagne cannon. It's and one it of says, those ones that they uh, ran uh, uh, Sammy over last year with. Matt Hardy and Kenny did, but it's like uh, decked okay. out in inner circle stuff now. Okay, very cool. And Jericho pops up from the back of the car. He's in an arm brace. He's asking oh, MJF to that, grant I saw Jericho. Oh, yes. I saw Jericho back there before when I was watching. I was like, I think I just saw Jericho's head pop up for a second and then go back down because he realized he was on camera. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard that and that made this spot better for me. Yeah. It improved it. Yeah. I thought that's funny. really funny that he popped his head up. He's like, oh, not yet? Yeah. Because like, it was down. like an angle from the front of their little truck thing with all showing the three guys. And I just yeah. see Jericho like reach up and he, because it's Sammy in the back and then, uh, uh, the other two guys at the front. Yeah. And like you just kind of see Jericho's head for a second in between him and go back down. It's like, oh shit, Jericho's there. <laughs> <laughs> I I find I actually find that really funny. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like it's like a weird cartoon, which is yeah. how they have been for a while. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so 
he asks MJF to grant them the rematch. MJF says no. Then they go back and forth a few times at, before Jericho tells him to unload with the hose. And the pinnacle's getting doused. The announced team is trying their best to laugh and pretend that this is the funniest thing they've ever seen. Yeah. But it really falls flat. You can tell they they're just... Him, shooting him with the, with the bubbly, right? Yeah. The, you, can, you can tell that they're it's fake laughter. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, oh, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, no, it's not. And it's the, the third the time thing, in my life that yeah, I've watched the, this on The funniest thing show. about this was um, Cash doing a front flip over the top rope when he started getting hit with it. <laughs> that was like the funniest thing to me. <laughs> I will say the acting of the guys when they got hit was kind of funny. It was, it was good. And you have it in your notes too, but it's just, we've seen this spot done before. And yeah. the first time it happened like you're never going to top that moment, the stone cold beer moment. Like, so it, uh, I wouldn't even try, but they did. And they then, did. <laughs> and, a, and then Chris, Kurt Angle parodied that moment. Yeah. And now you're like, there's been multiple times in AEW's history where they have completely aped or paid homage to, or just completely remade a WWE, a famous WWE moment. Mm-hmm. And it never hits the same because it's not original. Yeah. And every single time, it's Chris Jericho's moment. That's what I I wonder if he's thinking, I can do this better. I was there. I know how to do it better now. Or something. But you're not. Mm-hmm. You're yeah, not like doing said, it better. Yeah, you're not. That Stone Cold moment when he did it, and even the Kurt Angle one, because he did it too Stone Cold, so it made sense. But the Stone Cold beer moment, it's like, I, one of the most iconic moments in wrestling history. Like you should, you shouldn't go anywhere near it. <laughs> yeah. And we do, they do not have the production values of mm-hmm. the prop department to be pulling this shit off. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It's, it's not great. And then also Chris Jericho recently did an interview where he mentioned that the creative team have been having meetings led by him to ensure that they don't repeat angles on the same show. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, two weeks in a row, he's repeated similar spots. Oh, I forgot the, uh, the mat. I completely forgot the, the point of all of this was that the match that sent the MJF then gave them after they got doused is a oh yeah, stadium stadiums. stampede match at double mm-hmm. or nothing which is kind of strange booking to go from the blood and guts to the stadium stampede. It's a yeah. little odd. But he said um, this one's not going to be, MJF said this one's not going to be fun in games. So, so I imagine they're going to try to do something different with it. I hope yeah, so, it's going to be more serious. So <laughs> that'll be fun. I'm, I'm, in, I'm excited for that. And he said but if uh, Inner Circle loses, they have to break up. Forever. Mm-hmm. So this is what leads to what I'm saying now about the repeated segments we already saw on this show a match that was the loser has to break up their team forever and that was scu Mm -hmm. and then two segments later jericho is announcing a loser has to break up if they lose like it what you're the guy who's saying you can't have repeat spots on a show and Mm -hmm. you're doing this and this is the second time he's done this yeah because last week Darby took a hell of a took a hell of a spill down a flight of stairs 
and then Chris Jericho decided to jump on a fucking pillow. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know. He's I don't he think says he... that he's all about this shit and then he keeps make he keeps being the one to make this issue keep mm-hmm. I don't know. It's frustrating. Yeah. I don't think Inner Circle's going to lose the I think they are. Stampede. You think I they think are? they are. I think Chris Jericho's got to go away for a bit. And I think I can see that too cuz now they're starting to cuz the CDC here announced today that if you're fully vaccinated you probably don't need to wear a mask at all. So I could see a lot more places and concerts and stuff opening up. So we'll yeah, I'm see not what happy happens. about that. But... I'll be either. I'm still wearing a mask because I oh, haven't yeah, had a cold sure. in a year. So even like... if even when it's all gone, I'm still wearing a mask because I have don't I like not being sick. Yeah, nobody's been <laughs> sick. Masks work. Shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. But yeah, I I I could I could see them break it up like you said in Jericho going away a while. But we still haven't had a single singles MJF Jericho match. So yeah, and we I still want to see FTR and Proud and Powerful in a tag match, like just a we, straight we, up tag match. We will, but I could see Inner Circle winning because MJF also made the point to say that that match you guys lost last year. So I could see them winning, and then I don't know what you do for the rubber match because you've already gone through two big matches. Yeah, I mean it's possible. I, in, in my opinion, they've kind of got a they've kind of got to lose because I feel like it's time for Sammy to move on. Mm-hmm. And then FTR can still do their thing with Proud and Powerful. That's true. Possibly. Could, yeah, because even though the, the group's actually broken up, you could still be pissed at uh, the Pinnacle for breaking you guys up and just start individual feuds with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's intriguing to... Uh, like. I'm not upset that we're getting a stadium stampede. Mm-hmm. I'm a little confused that we didn't do... That we went from blood and guts to Stadium Stampede. Yeah, it should have been the other way. But it makes me almost wonder if, uh, because of the reception to Chris Jericho falling, that they have now decided to do a Stadium Stampede yeah, to no, maybe gonna, write him off. Yeah, Jericho's going to legit fall off the stadium. <laughs> Is this what you want? That's what he's going to say to the internet. Just take him up to the top part where. Uh, where Scorpio Sky tried to throw uh, mm-hmm. Darby off the side of the building. Yeah. The week before. Okay, so let's get into what was a fantastic segment. Oh, man. And that was a Britt Baker interview. And this is one of those incredible JR interviews. He needs to be doing more they need of to have this him, more often. Yeah, they need to have him do this a lot more. Because since the beginning, like he's been really good in these segments whenever he does these interviews. He has elevated every single feud that has used this. The first one was that incredible one with the Bucks and Kenny Omega and Hangman. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Like when we talk about all the crappy, not crappy, but like all the, these feuds that have fallen a little flat with the build with the Bucks and just how incredible that one felt heading mm-hmm. into it, they need to use this a lot more. Like they, they even elevated Sean Spears versus. Cody Rhodes yeah, headed into double or yeah. nothing. Like, come on. So JR brings up that the match that Britt had with Sheeta, where she he brings up the match that she had with Sheeta where she broke her nose, and Britt says that since that time she's been the baddest bitch on the block. You can let she says that you can let pain hold halt or feed your progress. Mm-hmm. And since that time she's become the face of the women's division. 
and she says it's poetic that the monster that she'd have created is ultimately ultimately going to be her undoing and unless she is able to kill her and she's not gonna be able to stop her and in case anyone in case people haven't noticed she's pretty hard to kill these days Mm -hmm. which was just an awesome way to start this segment and then jay jr brings up the fact that brett and sheeta got into got into it a little bit at a recent photo shoot and they show the video of it and say it was for the forbes magazine and it's cool because they they made it really seem like a photo shoot because they had all like a bunch of top people in the ring Mm -hmm. and they show they show the footage and baker walks up to sheeta and she tries to snatch the belt out of Sheeta's arms. And then the two start exchanging blows. And they're separated by all the other talents that are in the photo shoot, including Tony Khan. Yeah. Um, and Britt explains that all she was doing was she was trying to explain to Tony and Sheeta that when the photo shoot drops, when the magazine drops in three weeks, she'll be the champion at that time. So it would be prudent to take a few shots with her holding the title, like, just in case. It would just be smart. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was awesome. She said, it's not her fault that Sheeta got upset. <laughs> then Baker gives credit to Sheeta for keeping the division on life support during the pandemic. But she's the new face of the division. She's the pulse. And when you've got a pulse, you don't need a machine to keep you alive. The division will be alive and well once Baker becomes champ. I was mm-hmm. like, holy fuck. Yeah, this is like, so good. She like she might be the best in women's wrestling right now. Yeah, she this promo is amazing, and since she's turned heel, like she's just been on a whole nother level in like every aspect of what she does. Like it's been amazing. Like it, it's crazy because before she turned heel, when she first showed up on Dynamite, people hated her. Mm-hmm. She had go away heat from the yeah. fans. They thought her yeah, work was bad because I remember that one tag match where she like went to go tag the wrong corner and stuff and like that's like oh she was knocked out though yeah that's true that's true i guess i shouldn't poke fun at that but uh yeah she just yeah people really didn't like her at first and then since i like the promo her promo tonight said since she broke her nose like she's just turned it completely around yeah i remember the first pro the first heel promo she cut was on the Jericho cruise. Yes. And she cut yeah. it on Tony Schiavone. Yeah, and he got his mouth in it. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, he mouth what the fuck? When she's making fun of his coffee. Yeah. Calling him uh, a shitty barista. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh shit, okay. And yeah, yeah it's amazing. Like, people wanted her out of the company. Mm-hmm. And now she is, you can make an argument that she's the best female wrestler in the world and that is incredible Mm -hmm. yeah i bet at double or nothing full crowd she's gonna get even though she's gonna be the heel she's gonna get the the face pop even i mean she will too because everyone loves she don't don't Mm -hmm. take anything away from her but it's definitely Britt baker's time she could do something evil and Mm -hmm. like if they if she's able to do something that evil and that dastardly then possibly she could get that uh that big pop or get yeah, like the, if she get, comes out and just get the heel heat big boots uh tony Schiavone right in the face or something maybe maybe that'll <laughs> turn her he's super heel but <laughs> it might make everyone laugh i don't know 
Okay, so this next segment that we had was really nothing. Um, yeah, this match was Thunder Rosa versus Jasmine Allure, who's one I don't of her... think Jasmine got any offense injuries. She got maybe match. like a punch or two. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not even really going to talk about it. Um, this match was there's nothing really to write home about. They just put Ro- Thunder Rosa back into our minds after not seeing her for a few weeks. What I will talk about that's interesting is that she has a match coming up in NWA where the stipulation is if she loses, she has to stay in the company and she can't wrestle anywhere else. That's literally the punishment they're giving Rosa. If she loses the match is that she has to wrestle in NWA and NWA. (laughs) That's the saddest (laughs) thing I've ever heard in my life. Oh my god, I did not hear about this and that is amazing. That's so sad. What a shell wow. of a company I, they've become in yeah, just a really in a short, short time. Short time cuz uh right when Dynamite started they did that their YouTube show and that was pretty successful. It was very successful. Mm-hmm. And then all their top talent left as soon yeah. as the Pandem- pandemic hit. Yeah, the pandemic done. really messed up NWA cuz they were like really on that comeback. They've made some, well, they've made a terrible decision, and that was to bring in, what's it called, Brodus Clay, mm. mm-hmm. that has, like, serious sexual assault allegations yeah. against him, Yeah, and they're just like, you know what, he's the guy for us, Yeah, he was and on apparently he also time. sucks while he's there, too, he's not even like he's Matt Riddle, who can work. Yeah. Yeah, I, did, I honestly, I keep seeing, like, NWA doing stuff, but I... I always forget that they're doing stuff now, but I cannot believe that stipulation. It's the funniest thing I've ever heard. And it's against Camille, too. So it's like, oh, fuck. Actually, who is going to win that? So the only way they can keep her is is to force her. The only way they can keep her in the company is, is to do a stipulation where the punishment is to stay in the company. It's so strange. So to me, it's possible that we won't see her in AW for a while. That I don't think that's the case. I think she wins. It's much more possible is that she wins, and then we'll be seeing her once Britt Baker wins the title. Yeah, I think she'll likely well, be Britt during Baker's this match. First commentary feud. was saying that she wants to that Rosa wants to go after Serena Deeb. Yeah. yeah, she has mentioned that, and mm-hmm. Serena Deeb has a match next week, so mm-hmm. we will likely see her win and then maybe see thunder rosa show up in a post-match yeah. sort of scenario there they should put that match on double or nothing too just have two women's matches AEW. it's fine they might i hope they will mm-hmm. i mean it's silly to not but i can't believe that stipulation though i didn't hear anything about this you know <laughs> i didn't either i i saw it it was um i mean it's out there it's mm-hmm. it's common knowledge but i saw it on uh uh, Sean Ross Sapp mentioned it, and I lost my shit. I was like, "You're, you're fucking kidding! That's, that is, that is just terrible." If you lose, you have to stay in it. it was, it's if you lose, you can't wrestle anywhere else. Mm-hmm. They must have been doing a storyline for somebody got mad at her for going to other places instead of focusing on NWA or something. I don't know. That just makes your company look so bad. Yeah, that your top talent doesn't want to doesn't want to wrestle, and the only way that you can get them to wrestle is to lose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the punishment is to stay with us it's like oh my god mm-hmm. you okay well you're not gonna last the year yeah yeah you definitely not resign in there okay 
So next we have Jay Cargill's segment. This, again, really unnecessary. Um, there is a huge silver lining at the end of it, which I'll get to. But Jay didn't really reveal anything new. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you and I both thought that she was going to do the Macho Man Elizabeth reveal with the with the manager. She did not. They showed the recap of her AW. I think it was AW Ele- uh, Dark Elevation, where MGF's former lawyer came out and he said that he wants to represent her, and she leaves with him saying that she's going to consider it. And then here she just said, "No, I didn't." Mm-hmm. Which I was like, "Okay, I don't really understand what the point of all that was." Then, um, and she essentially just says what. She has every week that she's that bitch and she's a lone wolf, but she's taking offers. So it's like, okay, fine. However, she was wearing China's black patent leather outfit. Mm-hmm. And that was fucking everything. Yeah, she looked awesome. She even so tweeted it about it. it too, saying like China was a big influence on her growing up. So that makes a lot of sense. Worth it. <laughs> I don't care. She didn't yeah. have to say anything. She yeah. could have just walked past the camera and be like, fuck yeah, that's great. Yeah. I think they do these segments with her just to keep her on TV. Yeah, she's... I just wish, I don't know, they would give her something else to say. Mm-hmm. She's told me she's that bitch five times now. Yeah. Sneakily, it's turning into the Sting segment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I just, don't repeat the same thing every week. Just mm-hmm. change it up a, a little, little bit. Give, give her a squash. Give her that rose squash. I don't mm-hmm. know. Or put two squashes on show. Anyways. Yeah. Oof. Okay, so here we go. This is what we've been waiting for. The oh, Miro man. versus Darby match. This was... I'll start it, say it right now. Five-star match. Yeah, this match was Absolutely incredible. loved it. Um, before the match, we get a vignette from Darby. And it's him revisiting his hometown in Seattle. He visits his shitty little hangout spots. He goes into like his little den. He says, like, this is dingy and it's grungy. And it's a shitty place, and it reminds me of a shitty time in my life, but it was an important time in his life when he was really struggling, and he learned a lot about himself there. He tears down Miro, asking Miro what he's done since he's been here. Mm-hmm. He says, what have you done since you arrived? You played video games? You were somebody's best man? He says, you're gen- you're generic. And you're not the type of presence that has got any chance wrestling this championship out of my hands. It's like, there's no way that someone as generic and bland as you that has not lived up to any of the hype is going to get this done. And I thought this was easily the best promo work Darby's done. Yeah. That was really cool. Going to say that too. This is his best promo. And I really liked, I really liked it. He actually put out a tweet that was very similar to this. So I'm wondering if he did the tweet and then they're like, Darby, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. You need to say this on camera. He's like, okay. (laughs) Because he said pretty much the exact same thing. And people were just like, damn, Darby's reading him right now. This is brutal. Yeah. He's like, you came in with all the hype in the world and just fell flat on your face. And I was like, holy fuck, way to break the fourth wall, Darbs. <laughs> um, yeah, what, what were your, but going into this match, what were your expectations here? Uh, I, I don't know. Like, I didn't, I thought Miro was going to win. 
I hoped Miro was going to win. I wanted Miro to win because he needed it. Uh, he absolutely needed the win. But this match turned out to be a lot more uh, back and forth than I thought it was going to be at the beginning. I thought Miro from the beginning parts was just going to destroy him the whole match. But it actually had a lot of cool character stuff in it with Darby. Miro looked like an absolute monster. He came out in his uh, new tights or new trunks uh, that were the TNT title already, which is phenomenal heel work to wear tights with the you, the championship that you haven't won yet on them. <laughs> it's amazing. It's his destiny, he, haven't you heard? Yeah, he yeah he looked like an absolute beast in this match. I mean, he like if Darby got offense off on him, he just kind of he it it affect him for a second, and then he just like come back like nothing happened. It was it was great. This is how they should have. This is how they they got to be using Miro from now on. Like, there's no going back to any comedy stuff with Miro. Just he's got to just destroy everyone. Yeah, so th- this was awesome. This was, uh, it's funny, the ma- I suspect because they shave, well, they had to cut about seven to eight minutes off of the Orange Cassidy match, mm-hmm. that this match at one point felt like it was going a bit longer than I expected it to. Yeah. And as a result, I was starting to get worried that Darby was going to pull out the win. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll get to that later, but yeah. Miro, right from the beginning, he grabs Darby before he can even get through the ropes. They don't have a chance. He doesn't have a chance to get his jacket off. They don't get a chance to ring the bell. And he just starts killing the man. Like, he was every much the monster that we've been waiting for. This was the match equivalent of the Kip Sabian assault. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like Miro was just beating the brakes off Darby for what felt like five minutes outside the ring. <laughs> the... All the while, the ref is begging him to stop so that he can ask Darby if he, if he, if he can start the match, if he can ring the bell. He's like, I gotta, I gotta ask Darby if he's ready. I get, he's like, let me talk to him. He's mm-hmm. like, no. He just keeps smacking him around, throwing him all over the ring, over the barricade, back over the barricade, that back suplex, over the barricade again. That suplex from the crowd over the barricade to the mats was that was brutal looking at the very beginning. Yeah, and at first I thought that the uh, the ref trying to interrupt Miro to talk to Darby was a little weird. It's just like, well, just ring the bell, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then I remember the stipulation that was that if Darby can't start the match, it's forfeit. Mm-hmm. So he has to get the okay from Darby to start yeah. the match. Yeah, because if he can't go, he's gotta he's gotta just give Miro the belt. So it's like, yeah. this is kind of cool. Um. Yeah, at one point he did. He threw Darby over the barricade into the crowd, and then he goes into the crowd to grab Darby, and the attendance, like the crowd in attendance, is chanting Darby, Darby, and he's amping up the crowd. He's like, "Yes, Darby, Darby!" Yeah. Like, like waving them on, getting them louder and louder, and then he just exploder suplexes them yeah. back over the railing. I was like, "Oh my." Good yeah. lord. And not just barely over the railing. Like, he launched him over the railing. <laughs> they zoomed in on Darby's face when he mm-hmm. landed. And I was like, that man's dead. Yeah. That's a dead man. Um, yeah, as soon as as soon as soon uh, Miro took a step back inside the ring and they rang the bell and Darby got his jacket off, Miro kicked his head clean off his body mm-hmm. and immediately went for the pin, got like a 2.9. 
and I thought that was how he was going to win. I was going to be like, yeah. holy fuck. That's he, awesome. Even Miro thought he won right there. He did. He was celebrating. He thought he won. Um, this didn't stop Darby, of course, who was his ever-resilient little gnat self. <laughs> um, he hit Miro with the most incredible tope I've seen in my life. He came with such force and such velocity. This is the best tope ever. Like, no one should do topes anymore because you're not no, talking about this one. <laughs> it's canceled. Topes are canceled. Mm-hmm. He, Miro is so big and Darby was going so fast that he ricocheted off Miro like a bullet mm-hmm. and flew in a completely new direction. Yeah. I saw, <laughs> uh, before we started recording, somebody put that clip to uh, the Miley Cyrus Wrecking Ball song. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to, it was like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my god. Yeah, that was nuts. It was like the sound like uh in like a western movie when someone like shoots like a piece of metal and it goes Pew! Yeah. <laughs> like that's what it was like. He just went like he legit went flying at like a right angle in a different mm-hmm. direction. And Miro went down cuz he got hit hard. Mm-hmm. But Darby went flying like off of Miro's chest. Like Miro didn't push him in any way. He didn't pounce him. He didn't do anything like that. He just hit a brick house. It was so cool. And Darby, of course, he couldn't sustain that offense because this is Miro. And Miro is capable of overpowering anyone's offense, including a coffin drop that Miro dropped, that Miro caught with ease and just released German to him on yeah, the floor. That was like, brutal. He's like, catch in midair, release German. I was like, this is... This is just fucking great. Mm-hmm. At one point, Sting was at ringside and he got attacked by Page and Sky. Um, was that? I don't a remember why Page. I think it was during a commercial. Yes, it was. I don't remember why they left after that, but uh, I don't know. They ran away after just like assault- assaulting Sting. I was like, okay, there they go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that Miro just didn't care. He's like, okay, thank you. Yeah, I don't um, care. I'll beat Sting up too. I don't care. <laughs> As I said before, the Pack and OC match had about seven to eight minutes cut off because I think it went around 13 minutes and it was supposed to go 20. Mm-hmm. Um, so what this did was it it increased the length of this match, which just increased my anxiousness that Darby was once again going to find a way to escape with the win, as he has with a, so many other mm-hmm. larger men. Um when Dar- Darby does this fist bump with Sting at one point that leads to a fire up, an extended oh. hope spot where he's hitting all these big moves. I love that part, though, because he just kind of looked at Sting like, I don't know what else to do. And Sting was just like, <laughs> fist bump. Like, I, you're just going to have to do it, man. Like, I don't know what you can do. And Miro's just standing there flexing. <laughs> like, he hits his uh, stung dog, stun dog millionaire. He hits his, or I think that's uh Orange Casties. Anyways, he hits the stunner, flipping stunner thing. He mm. hits the the code red. He rolls up Miro at one point. I was like, no, don't yeah. do this. What? It's like, don't you dare do that. I was going in, in my mind. I was going to full panic mode. It's yeah, like, that, don't you pin Miro. I think Orange like, Cassidy does that move too. What you're saying, Sango, but that move is called the Stung Dog Millionaire, where you flip like that into a stunner. Okay, yeah, they, they do the same move, but it's. Mm-hmm. I think they call it different things for each guy. I'm not. I'm not positive. Yeah. Um. But as we know, that wasn't meant to be, and Miro eventually wore down Darby and literally broke him in half with the 
Yeah, he been with a complete full extension game over where Miro went all the way back onto his back mm-hmm. and just folded um folded Darby into an origami. Mm-hmm. Um my feed cut here when I was doing the notes, so I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure I remember Paige and Sky came back out. They came back out and beat Sting up and um uh Miro was just laughing. And Archer came out, right? Yeah, but at first they um, they beat Sting up, and Miro just standing there like I don't care. And then he's like rubbing the title in Darby's face, like I beat you, you cussing him out, and all that stuff. And then Archer comes out, and they have right, to stare down. And, and Miro just stands like, "Come on, get in the ring!" But uh, D, uh, I almost said DDP. Uh, Jake the Snake wouldn't let uh, Archer get in the ring. I like that because Archer has become a friend of Sting. He mm-hmm. respects him now. And as a result, has maybe a little bit of respect for uh, for Darby, for Darby mm-hmm. a little bit tangentially. Yeah, and a Miro Archer match is going to be nuts, incredible. Poor and Archer's going to have to lose another one. Yeah, it's but. a match we've never seen, so that'd be really cool. It will be. Yeah, um, it sucks. Archer's going to lose, but he's kind of the like type of monster guy that doesn't really need to win all that often. Because like you can have him lose, and then he can just come out and beat up like six dudes and just immediately be a monster again. They could separate. They can keep him away for a little bit by having him and Darby maybe fight. Darby face Paige and mm-hmm. uh, Sky. I could see that too, yeah. Yeah, I thought this match was utterly perfect. Yeah, this was great. It, I mean, Miro looked like a monster. Like... Just an unbeatable, uncaged beast. Like, he just ragged all Darby. And then I loved all of Darby's hope spots, like him trying to come back. But it'd go on too long, and, and Miro just like, enough, and just grab him and suplex him. <laughs> like, the the absolute fear I had that Darby was going to win. Mm-hmm. You, did, you did your job, guys. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, here it comes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought Darby's run with the title was incredible after once the team Taz stuff started to pick up. Yeah. Like, uh, as soon as sting took that power bomb, essentially, mm-hmm. uh, the, it really picked up and he had a, he had a really good run with that belt. He went every week mm-hmm. after that point where he had a match every week, which was awesome. Cause he came out and he said, I've only defended this belt twice in, in like, a two month span or whatever. He said, he said, don't cheer. That's pathetic. Mm-hmm. I need to, uh, I need to live up to, uh, Brody Lee's memory, which I like that they're calling it Brody Lee's memory instead of Cody's because they very well could say Cody was the best TNT championship because mm-hmm. he, at, he was actually the person that did the open challenge. Yeah. Brody Lee didn't actually yeah, defend he, that he, belt that very much he, before he dropped When it. he won it, he said that, he no more open challenges, but just Brody Lee was such a presence, and the way he won the belt was so mm-hmm. uh, yeah. amazing that it's it's he's pretty much the greatest TNT champ. I like that they do that, like that they've chosen to put, hang it on Brody instead of Cody when it could easily be Cody. Yeah, um, it's a nice touch. Um, just shows that not everything's about Cody, like as despite as what people say. Yeah, <laughs> and despite his promos, mm-hmm. I mean. He has been putting people over in this company since day one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a shitty promo aside. He still <laughs> is one of the greatest promos of all. He almost succeeded. 
like right after that promo, I was like, that was good. It was good, but I didn't like <laughs> and what I was, was talking about. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was largely because of the fan reaction. I was like, he got the fans. Like mm-hmm. I don't like nationalistic stuff, but in wrestling, it's effective. It is mm-hmm. effective. It's why he did it. It's worked for since the, the dawn of time. Anyways, I'm getting off track. Um Yeah, so next week's episode, and then we can look at some of the uh, Double or Nothing stuff as well. So next week's episode, we have these matches here. The first one I'm looking at is the Young Bucks versus the Varsity Blondes for the title. Um, That's that's fun. The possibility that they could uh, squeak out a win here with Pillman's name being so prominent Mm -hmm. is really cool. Um, Yeah, I think... uh, yeah, and his contract's running out um, not too far from now. So, oh, and uh, with, MLW. with MLW. Mm-hmm. So that's coming soon. Yeah. Um, the uh, Brian Pillman and uh, what's his name? Griff Garrison are all elite. Mm-hmm. And they might show up with their new cheerleader the new, friend. Yeah, the, uh, I forget who it was, but that was cool. Something Heart on yeah. Dark this week. It was, the Varsity Blondes came out with, um, I can't remember her name. Her last name was Hart. She wrestled last week on Dynamite. Um, they came out with her. She Her gimmick is a cheerleader gimmick. It fits right in with their Varsity Blonde thing. They have Letterman jackets now. Mm-hmm. It looks cool. They they look they look good out there like yeah. that. And she's also a Nightmare Factory graduate. So oh, okay. they like to use those people. Mm-hmm. Then we have Serena Deeb is going to be defending the NWA title against Red Velvet. That's interesting because Red Velvet is somebody that has, she's got kind of a status in, in Mm -hmm. AEW. Like she is a favorite of Cody for sure. Yeah. Um, I see Serena Deeb winning because they're going to build towards the Thunder Rosa match, but I think it's going to be a better match than we, think oh this would be great yeah initially so, I mean, on paper. A, a vet and red velvet's uh only got upsides to her she's great too i think that's going to be probably that's going to be a sleeper hit of next week i think it might be the best match of the of the week it could be yeah then we have christian cage versus matt seidel this will just be a technical masterpiece i think mm-hmm. like just like some just old school psychology yeah. is what we're going to see here which yeah two veterans that they're gonna this could be great yeah, I'm, it's going to be a good time. Um, then we have Anthony Agogo versus Austin Gunn. This will be this will be interesting because this will be Anthony. I wonder if he'll do some wrestling in this. Uh, he's either going to show off some wrestling for the first time, or he's going to one punch him again. Yeah, <laughs> <Which I love. laughs> there's no, there's not going to be any in between. He's just. Yeah, it's funny that I mean. Well, we'll get to it in a second. So now we're going. So if we sorry, if we look at those four matches i'm like okay next week is kind of light Mm -hmm. so there is room to do a lot of story on this card a lot a lot of story so and they could very well because it'll to help hype up the pay-per-view well yeah the unfortunate thing for the pay-per-view and we should mention this now um the the go home for the pay-per-view is on Friday, and that is going to be airing after SmackDown. So that's like 10 o'clock 
my I time. Didn't it's so uh, late. Yeah, it's a late one. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm calling it. We're not doing an episode for that. Ep- yeah, <laughs> we're not doing a podcast for that episode. Partly because I I need to spend some time with my significant other. I can't do four days of nights where mm-hmm. I devote to just wrestling. It's not happening. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it because then there's Saturday, which is when we would be recording this podcast. Sunday is the pay-per-view and then Monday we have to record the podcast for Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yes. Yeah. I don't think <laughs> that, that is like that very much either. So good call. No, I was like, as soon as I, I was just like, Oh, we, we got to do two podcasts that weekend. I was like, wait, Oh, gross. Yeah. That, that's really sucks that their um, go home has to be that Friday. Yeah, because their numbers are going to be down mm-hmm. off of that. So maybe I mean, the the real go home will be the week before. Like they should really hype it up that week before. Is the week before next week? Is it? It probably is. Which uh, this month so, is flying by. It is this whole again this whole year. The first the first year of the pandemic was slow. The second mm-hmm. half has been super fast. Yeah, so next week would be like the the one I just said they should the do. go home to the go home. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we're looking at this double or nothing card so far, and we know that there's a casino battle royale. Mm-hmm. We don't have a graphic for that yet. With Christian we also know that there's a, we also know that there's a stadium stampede. Mm-hmm. We don't have a graphic for that yet. Then we have Pack versus Kenny versus Orange Cassidy. This will be the first triple threat. We've seen what Kenny can do in a triple threat because we saw him against Moose and Rich Swan. We know that he can do a really, really good triple threat. Mm-hmm. Orange Cassidy and Pack are going to knock it out of the park. That's going to be a fantastic match. I believe that one thousand percent. Yeah, this, there's unless they like all fall through the stage or something when they're coming out. There's no way this match can be bad. Then we have Anthony Agogo versus Cody Rhodes. If they pull back on the nationalism mm-hmm. i'm a hundred percent on board yeah because i've been a hundred percent on board for this feud between the nightmare factory and cody and the factory with qt and his boys go go specifically i think they have something special planned i think they know that they have something special in anthony agogo mm-hmm. um I'm really excited for it. Uh, I heard, I saw some people, I guess, really just based off of the, like taking advantage of the, of Cody's foot and mouth disease last, last night, um, saying mm-hmm. that, oh, Anthony Agogo shouldn't be wrestling on his first match on a pay per view. Just like, mm, no, yes, he should. Well, he had a <laughs> match before, but he just won in like two seconds. So, yeah, uh, he, uh, he, he absolutely should if, He's been one of the best things on Dynamite for weeks. It, that yeah. punch is super over. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, that's how he make new good. stars. Oh, his first real match was on a pay-per-view. And if he beats Cody, like, that's that's huge. Uh, he better fucking beat Cody. Yes. Um, it would... Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope Cody doesn't get in his own way and tries to... And tries to go over him. I don't mm-hmm. think he will, because that hasn't been... His MO so far, he put MJF over mm-hmm. in a match that everyone thought Cody was going over. Um, 
Yeah. Golly, that wasn't that long ago, but that feels like a century ago the, when MJF hung out with Cody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then we have Hikaru Shida versus Britt Baker. Um, this is going to be really, really good. I think Britt Baker has to do something terrible to get mm-hmm. people to really boo. Yeah. Because there's not a whole lot of heat going into this as well. Hikaru Shida's really got to get on TV leading yeah, into they, this. They need to put her on, have her, let her have some more matches. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like, it's too bad because she's amazing, but like the belt couldn't get off her soon enough. And yeah. not anything to do with her, but just AW's unwillingness to put her on TV mm-hmm. or build any kind of segment. Like, she commands a presence. Like, put her in that white suit and put her out there. Yeah. I don't yeah. get it. Yeah, she looks Fucking amazing in that white suit. Hikaru. Dude, have, her, put, have her do some put backstage Alex promos. Out there. Her, her, Hikaru says. <laughs> <laughs> just I was going to say, just have her in the white suit doing backstage promos, and then you can just have subtitles. If you just, and, just let her speak Japanese. and Yeah, and then we have Hangman Page versus Brian Cage. I think this match is going to be awesome. We're going to see Hangman Page rise to the occasion. He's mm-hmm. going to beat Brian Cage. Um, yeah. It's going to be really good. I kind of hope that he takes the uh, FTW, FTW title from yeah. him. Yeah, the graphic doesn't say it's for the title, but they should definitely make it for the title. And then he'll be like, hey, Kenny, want this one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, here's another belt. Come yeah. get it. That'd be cool. Um, yeah, I just remembered some other news that's tangentially related to AEW, and that was Selena Vega has signed with uh, WWE again. (laughs) So she is not coming to AEW or to anywhere else. Mm -hmm. She went back to WWE, which is kind of perplexing. Yeah, because I thought they had a bad falling out, but maybe maybe, uh, Aleister Black did some talking backstage or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the things that she was upset about wouldn't have really changed. Mm-hmm. Specifically, yeah, the un- the union stuff. The union stuff and then, like, Twitch and stuff. Because she still does Twitch all the time. I mean, they could have easily backed off of the Twitch and be like, okay, fine. Come mm-hmm. back in. You can do Twitch. Yeah. Because they've done, like, they generally don't like people doing charity stuff and stuff, like, stuff that's not WWE related. Mm-hmm. And yet they let Sammy Zane do all the Palestine mm-hmm. relief uh, efforts that he, to his heart's content, mm-hmm. because they love and trust Sammy Zane. Yeah. So if they love you enough and if they want you enough, they'll let you do what you want. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. So I'm interested to see. And they said that she is going back to the performance center, which is interesting. Maybe she has said, Hey, I want to wrestle. Yeah. And yeah, maybe, uh, she'll be maybe they said, well, okay, year. well we got to train you up a little bit then, mm-hmm. which I don't think she necessarily needs, but I know I always thought she was good whenever she did wrestle. Maybe she's just going as a trainer. I don't know. It's odd. Yeah, maybe it's weird to have, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like you wait, you went from TV to the performance center. It's very, mm-hmm. it's a little odd weird but uh yeah so that's uh i think that's it for this week um yeah, double or nothing shaping up to be a really good show i don't know how many more matches they could add because this is already a pretty stacked card 
Yeah, it's a, it's a. I guess it's only four or six matches they've announced. You could probably do one or two more. Oh yeah, they normally do. And uh, one, well, because there'll be the three, Bucks, the Bucks, Mox, Kingston, but that hasn't been officially announced yet. Oh, I mean, I mean, it all it has pretty much. So you've, we've got that one. We've got the Bucks. We've got the Casino, and we've got the. Oh, there's another one that was announced. Stadium Stampede. Stadium Stampede. So that's three yeah. more. That's enough with how long AEW likes to have some of their matches go. So it sh- it should be enough. I I could take another women's match, maybe Jade Cargill, but yeah. there's not really enough time to build a feud. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, just, throw I Jade Cargill in the deep they... end and just have her start a feud with Thunder Rosa. <laughs> I wish they could just put a women's feud on TV that didn't have to do with the title. But... Mm-hmm. I guess they did with Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. Neither yeah. of them had it. And that's like one of the best feuds in AEW ever. Agreed. Strong agreed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Match. I Anyways, think this is it. Yes. This is it for now. We'll see you next week. I'll watch some more indie wrestling and tell you about another match to watch. Yes. Peace Have out. Have a good everybody. one.